Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Rage. Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price. Right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. All right, here we go. Let's hear you, Red Sea. I mean, we got to come off the ball here on the Big Red Range, right? We got to pick up where the Sedona Red left off (laughs) with the walk-off. How about that? How about that for a matinee, right? I mean, uh, hey, Phillies, you know what? You can taste cheesesteak all you want. Today, Arizona tasted victory, did they not, in that matinee? Absolutely, Ron Wolfley. Yeah, Paul, you don't have to happen to have an extra cheesecake, do you? I mean, <laughs> you know, or cheese steak or, yeah. you know, whatever cheese you might want to pass this way, Paul. You're going to have to wait till New Year's Eve, Wolf, because we go to Philly. The Cardinals go to Philly, and Cardinals will get their own shot at the Eagles on New Year's Eve. And I'm guessing there won't be much brotherly love in that stadium. <laughs> I'm just saying no, that. No, I think you're right on that, Paul. That's right. going to be a bloodbath. With no further ado, Everyone give it up for our big guest on the Big Red Rage, Keontae Ingram, coming off a career game at the L.A. Rams. Keontae, how are you feeling this evening? I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Ready to go. Well, you know what's coming out of the shoot right now, Keontae. What's your weight at right now? You know that was coming. You knew that was coming. I would, ladies and gentlemen, you need yeah. to know this right now. Um, yeah. I like I like Keontae at about 225 pounds. And I know it's kind of a setup because I was talking to you before we yeah. actually hit the air. But Keontae, what is your weight at right now? I'm currently 225. <laughs> <laughs> See, Wolf 225, Polly. Wolf is like a lawyer on this show. He doesn't ask any questions. <laughs> he doesn't already know the answer to. Okay, that, gotcha, I, gotcha. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So and, you set me up. Yeah, it wasn't gotcha, sort of a setup. Okay, it was a complete okay. setup right there. So, <laughs> yeah. What do you feel like on a Monday? You know, you get 10 carries, you run for 40 yards, right? I mean, you're on teams. Yeah. What do you feel like, you know, as a human battering ram at times on a Monday morning? Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. A little sore, <laughs> a little banged up, a little bruised, you know, but uh, that's just the nature of the game. You know, and uh, after doing it for so long, you just get immune to it, you know. So you kind of already know what to expect. So. <laughs> and, and by doing this for this long, we're talking since basically he was a freshman in high school. And by the time he was done with high school, he was a USA Today All-American and one of the top recruits in the country. And we'll get into all that, okay? <laughs> but right now, let's just talk about maybe some of the takeaways in this offense. And I know Wolf's going to get into this big time. I'll just ask the first initial question. I mean, when you look at this offense versus last year, mm-hmm. Zach Ertz said in the offseason to Wolf, actually, in an interview, and he said, you know what? This offense couldn't be any more different than last year. And we see it in the rushing numbers. Mm-hmm. You guys are number six in the NFL in rushing yards, number two in yards per carry. Just tell us about the approach, the mentality this year when it comes to running the ball. Um, when first, uh, when JG got in the building, um, of course he texts us, you know, and he let us know 
right then and there he wanted to run the ball, you know. And, of course, that like Christmas tree to us. And um, we take pride in it, you know. And um, going into a balanced offense uh, compared to last year, more of like the air raid, uh, we knew a lot of a lot of weight was going to be on our shoulders. So um, we prepared in the offseason, put in overtime, put in the work, make sure we uh, understood the playbook and uh, meet the expectations when we go out there on Sunday. So. How do you think you actually ran the ball, not just you personally, Keontae, mm-hmm. but the entire team against the Rams? How do mm-hmm. you think you guys did just in terms of running the ball? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we did good. Of course, we're going the competitive nature going to always say we can do better. Um, I feel like we left a little meat on the bone, you know, but the chemistry is there, you know, and uh, the numbers speaks for itself statistically, and uh, we take pride in it, you know. So uh, I feel like the run game is – improve much better and we're gonna keep getting better so yeah 30 for a buck 34.3 yards of carry and you know what else we found out not only was there a three running back rotation mm-hmm. we found out yet again your quarterback can run can he yeah yeah love what it does <laughs> well, yeah. what's amazing is how many guys in that locker room on both sides of the ball are surprised by how fast josh Dobbs is yeah because yeah. they're like, we never saw it in practice. So w- when did you first realize, wait a minute, this this guy's legit. He can really run. Um, I think it was just San Fran. Um, that week was a tough competition. Uh, we knew the competition that was coming up and the guys that was over there. And I think one time he kind of hit the sideline a little bit, tightrope the uh, sideline. And I think Bobby Wagner or Bobby uh, was trying to get him. And um, – to see him outrun that, man, I was like, whoa, you know, and uh, kind of shocked a couple of us, you know what I'm saying? And uh, going into the week, uh, that wasn't the game plan, you know, and uh, to see him get those extra yards, especially when we was uh, behind the yard sticks, you know, uh, kind of get us into the next game plan, you know, uh, who he is, uh, showing us a few things, earning the team trust, you know. So uh, I felt like it was that week we played San Fran, he kind of shocked us. You know, one of the things, Keontae, I love about your game is I think you're an every down back. I think you're a guy that can hold up in all three phases. I think you're a guy that you can run the ball, of course, especially in between the tackles. I like that. You got a little bloody nose in Mm. you, if you know what I mean. And I also like the fact you can – come out of the backfield and be a receiver and catch the ball you did it again on sunday as well and i also love the fact you can hold up in protection Mm -hmm. as well you'll stick it on somebody will you not so i'll ask you this my friend yeah what is your favorite thing to do in the game of football what is your favorite Um, play in the game of football I'll say the stretch. You know, I'm a bigger Ooh, guy. You're talking yeah. about the tackle zone, the yeah. outside. Outside okay, zone. there you go. Outside zone. Yes. Um, I'm a bigger guy, uh, longer stride guy, a uh, little heavy, you know, so uh, I like to get going. I like to get the defense moving a little bit and to punch him. Um, I'm a one-cut guy, north-south mentality, and uh, I live by that and die by that, you know, so um, – yeah, that's what I like. I love that. It's a fun <laughs> selection right there by you because it, you are a north-south guy. In order to be good at that, you've got to have a quick cut. Yeah. You've got to have good vision. You've got to be able to see it because sometimes yeah. that hole's going to open up in different spots. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And then you've got to be able to dip and rip, mm-hmm. and you kind of like that, right? Oh, I love it, man. <laughs> uh, I feel like my game is diverse. You know, I like to do a little bit of everything between the tackles, outside the tackles. I like to make people miss. Uh you know, I ain't going to get no ideas, but I'm going to keep it there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like my game is very versatile. You know, um, I like to keep the defense guessing. Yes. You know, and uh, 
I lean on it. So. What are you looking for? A lot of people watch a, a play like that and they're like, oh, they just see chaos, right? Mm-hmm. As a running back, what are you looking for and, and how do you know when to go north-south and make that cut? Uh, I feel like they're starting the game plan. Um, L.A. particular, we knew they was in the five-man front, uh, so we knew it wasn't going to be too much dancing, more of a north-south mentality. Um, I feel like it just starts at the beginning of the week, preparation, knowing who you're going against, knowing the opponent, uh, his tendencies and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, beginning of the week, that's when it starts. Well, look, uh, Cardinals did a lot of really good things in the first half, and then the second half, it was almost a complete flip of the script. Unbelievable. It really was. Even just the mentality of the Rams, they started with nine of their first ten plays of the game were passes. Nine mm-hmm. of the first ten plays in the second half were runs. And then, of course, there, it always comes down, always comes down, especially division games, to a handful of plays. And for the Cardinals, the red zone was key. Mm-hmm. And that was something that Jonathan Gannon lamented after the loss. When we had opportunities down there, those are four-point plays, which makes the game completely different. You know, if the score is a little bit different at halftime, maybe they don't do that in the second half. So um, we got to just make sure we're converting uh, those four-point plays down there and make sure we put up some more points. In terms of halftime adjustments, did they? we know what they did offensively, right? Yeah. But in terms of that Rams defense, how different was it in the second half? Um... It wasn't too much different, especially on the defensive side. Uh, I think they got the ball first. Uh, they came out, ran the ball. I don't think we got the ball back until like nine or eight minutes left in the game. So uh, we kind of got behind a little bit. So you kind of got to get away from the game plan a little bit. Um, they kind of executed their uh, three downs. We kind of went three and out a little bit. So they kind of bit us in the butt. Uh, so when we got in the fourth quarter, uh, it kind of got a little dicey, you know. Um, we kind of had to throw a little bit more than we wanted to, uh, especially us running backs, you know. So uh, sometimes that's how the game gets. So. You know, it's so crazy about it, Paulie. You look at some of the numbers from that game. The Cardinals had 21st downs. The Rams had 17th. The Cardinals were 38% on third down. The Rams were 33%. Mm. You know, the, they, the Cardinals ran 73 plays to the Rams 55. That is a massive disparity. You're running 73 plays to their 55. And you know what? The yard's pretty much a wash at 345 and 382 right there. Pretty much a wash. They did a lot of things right. But when you got to the red zone, they were 2 of 5 in the red zone. And we were 0 for three in the red zone, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah. Even the time of possession was 21-9 Cardinals in the first half, 21-9 Rams in the second half. I mean, how remarkable is that, right? And and then the other thing about this game going in is you're going in without James Conner, yeah. you know, two-time Pro Bowl running back. And here's your offensive coordinator after the game. It was a three-running back rotation featuring Keontae Ingram, our guest here on the Big Red Rage. And here's your offensive coordinator, Drew Petson, and what he liked about that. They did some nice things. Uh, you know, there's, as always, there's going to be a cut or a run that they want back. But I thought as a whole, they handled the game plan really well. I thought they played it. You know, effort and energy was really good. Um, so I think that's a it's a week-to-week decision, certainly uh, in the flow of the game. Who, you know, who's got the hot hand and how are we doing? So, uh, but, but happy with where we're at and going to continue moving forward in that direction. And look, James Conner's on IR, so three more games at least. So where does the run game take the next step this week, in your opinion? Um, be more consistent. Uh, Especially uh, 
with who we are, our identity. Uh, just stick to it, man. Uh, keep building that chemistry. Offense about chemistry, uh, timing, where to go, who to go, uh, especially adjusting to the fronts and stuff like that. So uh, I just keep saying being consistent, uh, sticking to who we are, you know, that ground pound, couple gaps games, wide zone, uh, tight zone. So, yeah. Tell me a little bit about Damian Williams. <laughs> Quickly, do you have time to tell me? What, what is yeah. the coolest little thing about Damian Williams? Man, the coolest thing about him, man, he's he's 45. <laughs> you know, he's the old head. That's but, what you um, tell him. You make cool him feel is, that way. Yeah, yes. but the cool thing he's is 31. Uh, yeah, he played at Oklahoma, though. So, <laughs> you know, I got to give him a little edge on that. So, yeah. That's good, man. We'll get into Keontae's deep Texas roots. We'll get into that oh, yeah. a little bit next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> His final year at USC, who, by the way, I'm still blaming for the disintegration of the Pac-12. We'll get into that a little bit, and then we'll get into all these chunk runs. The Cardinals already have more 20-plus yard runs this year than they had all of last season. Think about that. Single game tickets on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. On we go. It's the Big Red Rage with Keontae Ingram coming at you live from Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. Ingram, the tailback, he'll get the call off the right side. Got Crease, 45, and down near the 40. And that is what I am talking about right there, running the tackle zone. 12-yard gain and a first down. Dobbs takes, and it's a deep drop and a quick throw to the running back. Far side, caught Ingram in midfield, turns left, 45, and gets knocked down there close to the line to gain. Looks like he has it. Josh Dobbs on the swing, seeing him on the swing route, just threw the ball. That was a great catch. Keontae Ingram. Ingram went down to get that. That was not easy. And it's a handoff to Ingram off the right side. Inside the 25-20, spun forward. First down of the 15. Tackled by Young, but a gain of 11. There you go, Keontae. How about that little montage? Three plays in the Rams game. Keontae Ingram, 10 carries, 40 yards rushing. And as Wolf said, three aspects to his game. The running, the catching, the blocking. Coach has got to trust you in the pass pro game. He yep. checks every single box. And because I, I do, here's what I do on this show. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and Keontae Ingram, Cardinals running back here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, live from Trophy and Chandler. I specialize in asking the dumb guy question, so here we go. Can running backs really get in that rhythm you hear of? And how many reps, how many carries for you does it take to get into what you would qualify as a rhythm? I would say, um, of course, I agree with that. Uh, everybody got to get in a rhythm. Um, just like we game plan, they game plan, obviously. But if I just had to put a number out there, I'll say 9 or 10. I feel like, okay, broke them down, um, know where they're fitting. Because when you go into game plan, you can only do so much. You know, uh, everything's universal. Uh, everything's by gap and replacement. So, uh, yeah. 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 You know, Keontae, I, I know James Conner, and James Conner is one of these guys. He's like everybody's big brother for yeah. the most part. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. That's what he's like right there. He's a very helpful guy as well. Like, he is a great mentor. That's the way I see him. What has he taught you? What has James Conner actually taught you about the National Football League and about the game of football? Um, I can say a lot of things, you know, but I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Um, the highs and the lows. Uh, that's what he taught me the most, you know. And when he said that, you know, I was like, man, like, it couldn't be more perfect timing, uh, perfect situation. 
he was just telling me about his situation when he first came to the league, how he kind of had to sit down a little bit, you know, and he's a two-time pro bowler, you know. So the highs and the lows, man. Uh, expect the highs and expect the lows. That's what he told me. That is so cool right yeah. there. It really is important, man. Yeah. I cannot tell you, Paul, the, the impact that a veteran will have on a younger guy. And I'm guessing he's referring to the fact he missed his junior year of college. He had to defeat cancer. He mm-hmm. had over a dozen chemotherapy yeah. sessions. He came back. He played. He got drafted in the third round by the Steelers where he had gone to college, right? And and then he dealt with injury. He had great success. So those highs and lows. So, But at the same time, when I hear him on the sideline, you see him, he always talks about it's a mentality. It's a mindset. That's one of his favorite sayings. The guys really follow a James Conner. What does he mean by that? For everyone who's not on that sideline, when he says it's a mindset, what's he talking about? Man, um, when negative thoughts creep in, you know, uh, the character really speaks for itself. The character really come out, you know. And uh, James, he's always in that mindset. You know, he lives by that mindset. Uh, he dies by that mindset. Uh, it could be 6.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and J.C. ready to go. Man, that's how I really embedded in him, you know. So, um when you get in that low situation, man, uh, just that character, you know, uh, could you be that same person each and every day when it gets hard, when it gets tough, you know, uh, when things not going your way, you know, so. Yeah. So, you know, here here it is your second year in the league, of course. Um, have you had that moment in the National Football League where you said to yourself, oh, my goodness, this I, I'm geeking out a little bit here. I, I've, you know, I, I'll never forget my rookie year just running into Lawrence Taylor my, my rookie year. now Lawrence Taylor I, do you know who that is do you know who Lawrence yeah, Taylor? okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know just the know. baddest man in the history of the game of football yeah, ladies and gentlemen yeah. that's all I'm telling you right now okay I don't want to hear about Aaron Donald I don't want to hear I'm sorry Lawrence Taylor to me bad. changed the entire game of football and how football was played this is the baddest man on the face of the planet I kind of geeked out, you know, when, when I ran into him and, you know, man, that's Lawrence Taylor. You know, I just can't even believe it. You know, mm. have you have have you had a moment like that at all? Yeah, you're, you know, I know you, this is your second year, yeah, such yeah, a yeah. rookie year, yeah. but did you have a geek out moment at all your rookie year? Um, I would say I did uh, when I played against the Saints, man, when I met Cam Jordan, man. I said, <laughs> oh, Cam Jordan. It's a dude right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, um, when I ran to him, I think it was an out zone uh, stretch to the outside. We was going to their sideline to the boundary, and uh, I think Beach was at uh, right tackle, and he kind of knocked Beach into my lap, and then I ran into him. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a dude. So <laughs> I said Cam Jordan. So, Cam. yeah, did I ask you that before, by the way? Because I, I, I vaguely. Yeah. remember you actually saying that yeah, yeah, cam jordan yeah. now that cam you say jordan. it yeah he man yeah. what a dude he, he, yeah he a dude. that's a player he a dude. He a dude. that was thursday night football last year right you scored touchdown in that game right i did Saints. supposed to be too but <laughs> that's right uh, yeah that's right okay all right yeah. well here's your offensive coordinator drew petzing talking about the state of your game in year two petzing very smooth runner. Uh, I think he sees the field really well, makes really good decisions, tries to finish his runs violently. Um, so I really expect to see that growth continue here as we move through the season and through his career, but really pleased with the way he's played. All right, so Keontae Ingram, I put it to you. Where do you think you've improved the most since you were drafted to now? Um, I would say between the tackles. Um, I feel like that's the most part. The finesse game I've always been there, uh, especially with the type of build that I have. Uh, especially with my running style. But uh, I would say between the tackles, man, guys are more meaty. Guys are 
faster, quicker, stronger, you know, smarter, you know, just a little bit of everything, you know. So after year one, I knew going to year two, that's one thing that I need to harp on. And uh, like we said earlier, I'm 225 for a reason. So. <laughs> well, so, and as yeah. Wolf knows, look, old Lyman love nothing more than a running back who doesn't go down in first contact. Yes. Right? I mean, old Lyman wants you to Stoke make him look it. good. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they want to see you actually yep. stoke it. There's no doubt about that. Let, let me ask you this here. Um, are you good at blitz pickup? Do you think you're good at blitz pickup? Because, you know, I've heard some coaches actually compliment you on this. Do you mm. think you're good picking up a blitzing linebacker or a blitzing defender? Do you I, think you're good at it? I feel like I'm great at it. Really? <laughs> yes. You feel, feel like, like you're great at yeah, it. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, okay, like yeah. Great at it. yeah. Now, and that to me is, for anyone that's listening right now, it's one of the most beautiful parts of the game. You're sitting there, you're protecting your quarterback, and here comes a blitzing linebacker, and you just strike the dude, right? Boom! Jack him up a little bit right there. Um, It's a way to get back at some of these linebackers who think they're just going to run you over. It's one of my favorite things. It used to be one of my favorite things to do back when I played, to actually do it. And it takes a mindset and a mentality, as Paul was talking about earlier, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and talk about some of the linebackers in there. You got a Fred Warner, right, a couple weeks ago. Oh, man. You, you get Bobby Wagner this week. I mean, talk about that sort of matchup. When you're going into those sort of games, I mean, you, you tell us. I mean, how do you prepare for that aspect of the game? <laughs> um, I got to be on point. Yeah. Um, those guys, you know, they're, they're big names for a reason, you know. And uh, I feel like I'm also a big name for a reason. So, uh I feel like it's for bragging rights uh, to sit on the couch one day, be able to tell my kids, man, I played against these guys. And yeah. I actually went in there and dominated, you know. But ultimately, I want to get a win, you know. But, um, man, it's it's bigger than that, man. It's about winning. Uh, it's about doing it for your brother. It's something that you've been wanting to do since you was a kid, you know. So uh, to go out there and complete the mission, I feel like that's a thrill that everybody wants to seek, you know. So, yeah. Well, your, your head coach, I mean, from day one has been bullish on you and your skill set. And here's what he said recently on what you bring to the offense, Keontae Ingram. Elusiveness, power, does the right thing, doesn't turn it over, good ball security, and can hit home runs. And all you have to do, Wolf, is go ahead and Google up some of his high school highlights to realize he's been doing this for a while, okay? <laughs> so you take us back. At what point... At what point were you identified as, okay, you know what, this young man has potential in the game of football. You must have been pretty darn young because, A, you have like nine siblings, right? And you have some older brothers who made quite a name. So you have a lineage in your family, right? Yeah. So it wasn't exactly a shock. There were probably eyes on you when you were fairly young. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that life because how big was your town? This is Wolf's other favorite question. Yeah, I love this. Go go ahead, ahead, Wolf. You take over. No, answer Paulie's question (laughs) right there. Uh, 10,000. 10,000. And Small it's city. Carthage, Texas. Yes, sir. Far East Texas. Yes, sir. Okay, so what's life like in Carthage? Uh, small country town. Uh, everybody knows everybody. Um, everybody looks at the everybody. You know, <laughs> I um, love that man. I remember my mom had three jobs, man. Uh, my cousins right beside me. Uh, she cooked for everybody. And she'll have eight to nine kids, you know. So uh, I come from a big family, small city, country town. Uh, small city kid with big dreams, you know. So you know, Keontae, uh, you, do, do you want to? Yeah, no, that's very cool. Go ahead, B- applause, yeah, especially for mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah for mom, yep. of course. But 
are you more country than anything else right uh, now? I mean, do, do you want to, would you retire? Would you move back to a small town when you're all done with everything? Um, I'm definitely a slower pace guy. You are. Um, I'm, I've been thinking about it. You know, um, I want to raise my kids, want to have my own land, own animals. I love you know, that. Um, I started off there, you know, so I kind of want my kids to get a little bit there. So I could definitely see myself there, you know. And get your own land, yeah, right? Yeah, get my own land. Get now. off my land. <laughs> yeah. So our Jim O'Hunter did a little uh, research via the web. Uh, the city of Carthage is also known, I guess it's oil country. It's known as the gas capital of the United States. <laughs> yeah. And it also has a moniker as the friendliest spot in the world. Really? Okay. And it's home to the world-famous Texas Country Music Hall of Fame. That's, uh... <laughs> and you guys play some pretty good high school football there. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. do you ever have that conversation with Kyler? Because he, he got three state titles. And how many did you get? <laughs> I got two. Supposed to get three. Supposed but... to get three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you guys got all banged up, what, your sophomore year? Sophomore year. Okay. So, Keontae, yeah. one of the things a lot of people don't know about Paul Calvisi is Paul is actually a pretty good line dancer. He's, he's into the line <laughs> dancing. And, Where's the lie you know, detector? I mean, get the boot. No, we he need, is. He, we need he, the buzzer Paul, he right likes now. putting on okay. every now and then on a Saturday night. Paul will put the boots on, the lizard skin <laughs> boots, and, and I'll throw a little toe tapping and stuff like that where where would he go in carthage is there um, a place in carthage if he wanted to go where would he go i think that'd be hard man there's a lot of boots out there <laughs> a lot of fishing poles is that right uh, so there's not a place yeah, i don't think there's a place there's not a place that. on yeah, a saturday night okay there you uh, go see wolf is that guy that in texas you know the saying the guy they call all hat no cattle <laughs> that's wolf yeah <laughs> that's wolf you know just i mean my the, the, the the closest I've come to that whole scene is watching Friday Night Lights. Okay, that's the closest I've come to it. How close How close was your life as a high school football player to Friday Night Lights and just the whole town shutting down? And you must yeah. have been a megastar as like a first-team All-American. What was life like for you just going around town? Man, uh, it gets tough at times. You know, uh, sometimes it get annoying, but uh, it comes with the territory, you know. Uh, my life was like a movie, man. Uh, the small country town, man, everybody pulling up to the game just to see that opportunity. That's what the town looks for, you know. So, um, yeah, man, um, something I can remember, something that I cherish. I come from winning state championships, you know, mm. and uh, three days later we'll be back in the indoor getting it in, you know, and that's something that we just take pride in. Uh, obviously it's instilled in us early, and uh, like I said many a times, man, Texas – Football is a religion, man. That's, that's awesome. That's man. really cool. It's very it's cool. It's really cool. I mean, and, and think 10, of the pre- thousand ball. I can only imagine the pressure. I mean, you're like 16, yeah. and the locals are expecting a state championship to do it. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a lot of pressure, but uh, that's what we live for, man. That's what the thrills for. You still I mean, close with your high school coach at all? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. I talked to my running back coach almost every other man, day. That is, <laughs> I love that guy. Wow. That's it's great. Amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, so just don't let Wolf, you know, talk to you about his fantasy football team, okay? You got enough of that in high school, guys telling you, you know, Never they need fantasy. two Never. touchdowns, you know, that kind of stuff there. So, no, that's really interesting. I mean, he was a phenomenal high school football player, over 5,000 yards rushing, 76 touchdowns. Touchdowns, like Legend. we said, first team All American. Uh, we'll continue with Keontae Ingram. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert live from Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. 
Back to throw Murray in trouble. Spins out of there to his left. Being chased by two Vikings. And launches it deep. Wide open near side at the 40. Is Rondell Moore caught at the 30, at the 20, at the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Kyler Murray, you are ridiculous. Murray magic. 77-yard touchdown pass. 99.9% of the quarterbacks on the planet get sacked. But not only does Kyler Murray not get sacked, he throws a touchdown. Nasty is as nasty does, and we all know that Kyler Murray is nasty. The stuff you see in dreams and in video games, but not in the NFL. Wow. That was that Rondale Moore's 77-yard grab after Kyler made the play to get away, find the open man. Hash and Wolf needed like a commercial break right there just to catch their breath after that play, that highlight from the arsenal of Kyler Murray, and guess what? Start the clock. Tick. Talk. Kylo Murray has been activated off pup. He's back at practice, so get ready for the whole come for the arm, stay for the legs dynamic. The franchise quarterback is on his way back, and we are back in the Big Red Rage with running back Keonta Ingram here at Trophy in Chandler. Located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson, the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. All right, we got a little bit of a look at Kylo Murray. What Michael Wilson told me this week that, you know what, instead of grabbing some Gatorade or some water on the sideline, instead he diverted his attention towards watching K-1 because he wanted to see what Kyler is all about. What he looked like in practice this week? Man, uh, K-1. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> He is singular in a lot of ways, isn't he? No, nah, he is, man. He is. Uh, the rookie running back, uh, Imari, asked me about him, man. And like I told him, man, I never get my first day let, yes, uh, last year. When he was throwing to A.J. Green, man, it was the first snap, OTAs, man. He dotted right in the tight window between Buda Bacon. I was like, holy smokes, man, this guy a real deal. You know, so uh, he came back in yesterday, man, and he's K-1, man. He's K-1. So, like, um, in regard to uh, running some reps with the the offense, um, I would imagine he went out there, they put him under center, and they put him in the shotgun, and they put him in the pistol, whatever it may be. Um, how did he seem to be doing mentally in regard to the plays and the schemes that he seemed like he had mastered the offense, or is he still working on it? Man, uh, K-1's an overachiever, man. Uh, when he steps in the building, man, he, he takes pride in it. You know, so as soon as he came up there in the offense, he's making audibles. He's sending guys in motion. He's telling guys to cheat up on the ball, make sure, you know, we all set in the line, you know. And uh, that's just how he go about business, man. And, so he uh, was making checks and nah, audibles. Was, and that's huge. Yeah, he was, man. He was. Well, here's he was. there was a video the Cardinals tweeted out. Here he is walking out to the practice field, and he had something to say to the camera. Wait, he's telling me it's a big day, bro. But, I mean, to me, it feels kind of normal. But, man, it's uh, a long journey. Happy to be back. I don't know how many days it's been, but it's been a long time. And look, it's his fifth year in the NFL. Yeah. He's already been to two Pro Bowls. Yeah. He was the Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's a Heisman winner. So, he, he's been there and done that. This is the first major injury of his career. So, obviously, there, there's all that. But then we were standing in front of the locker of Hollywood Brown. And, and we had to ask him because... As you know, they're best friends, and they've been around each other a long time. Nobody knows Kyler better than Hollywood Brown, and they're tight. And so, you know, we just asked Hollywood Brown, some of the new guys on the roster, there's a lot of new guys on this roster. No team has more new players than the Arizona Cardinals in 2023. So they're seeing Kyler Murray up front 
for the first time. And, okay, what are they about to find out? Here's Hollywood Brown on that. I think they all know he's not coming back to just be average. He's coming back to prove a point, and I think they'll, they'll realize it very quickly. What do you think that point is? That he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and that he's a winner, so that's what he wants to show. He's deadly serious about not just coming back, but, but proving that point and, and really putting his best on display, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, man, he is, man. That's, that's K-1, though, man. Uh, his track record speaks for itself, man. Uh, he doing what he do in the MLB, him winning Heisman, him going first overall, man. That caliber guy, he walks with that, you know. Uh, you can tell how he walks in the building. I mean, he's the only guy that, you know, I ain't going to say too much, but I love him. But, um, yeah, man, that's just how you go about business. All jokes aside, man, that's K-1, man. He's the leader. I, I have to tell you, Keontae, right now, I, I cannot wait to see Kyler Murray in this kind of offense going forward because, once again, He's wildly talented. We, we know that. It's just my belief, Keontae, to some degree he's got to expand and evolve his game from under center so much of the time. And it doesn't always have to be that. He doesn't have to take 40 snaps a game under center. But that, to me, I think is where he can grow his game the most. And I'm really excited to see if he embraces that what do you think about that in terms of getting under center a little bit more for Kyler and growing that offense and evolving his game um I feel like that'd be great for him man uh not just for him but for the whole team man uh him drop backing uh can't nobody tackle him in open space him getting all that leverage on the defense uh I feel like that's gonna put this offense in a great situation you know so I it's not just that too Keontae it's also for me at least Mm. sometimes a quarterback just hand the ball off just know (laughs) you're going to be able to hand the ball off you're gonna call a play where he's not reading anything Hand the ball off. I think that's big. That gives a quarterback a break every now and then mm-hmm. to just say mentally, I'm going to just hand the ball off. I'm not going to read anything yeah. on this play. Yeah. We're going to call the play. We're going to line up in the formation, and we're going to run the play. I think that that's important for, for a quarterback to actually get that kind of contrast in mm-hmm. a game because so much of the time the quarterback, as you well know, He's always making a play. He's always reading something. He's always looking it's A or it's B or it's C sometimes even. He's always thinking. I think it's nice to just call a play, run the play, and just know you're going to hand the ball off. I think that gives the quarterback a break every now and then. What do you think about that? Oh, man, I love it, especially when you got six and 30 back there, you know. Uh, But – that's what we take pride in, man. Uh, take pressure off him, man. It's not easy being a quarterback, man. It's yes. a lot of stress on you. Yes. A lot of people don't understand. Sometimes the wide receiver run the wrong route. You see the ball just go to this open space, and most of the time it'd be the wide receiver, but who takes the blame? You know, so uh, I feel like this would be good for him. Less stress on him, more stress on us. So yes. win-win, win-win. Here's what's intriguing, and Wolf touched on it. He's run the spread, the air raid, whatever you want to call it. He's operated out of the gun his whole life. Yeah. High school, college, Lincoln Riley, Cliff Kingsbury. So think about this. Our Craig Rigolu did a little crunching of the numbers. So 85 times in his four-year career, he's been under center. Do you know in six games, Josh Dobbs has been under center already? 113 times. <laughs> so think about just it's going to be different. Yes. And I think that's part of the intrigue. All right, what does Kyler look like? You know the skill set, all right? When's he going to be healthy, and what's he going to look like 
in this offense. Okay, so and, and look, Josh Dobbs has shined at times in this offense on very short notice. Didn't get a single preseason snap. Wasn't even in training camp. You know, the last couple of games, there's been a handful of plays. Obviously, have diminished his performance, but weeks two through four, he really was on the rise and ascending. And and here's what Josh Dobbs talked about this week in terms of what he's learned recently. You can't let it eat at you, but you do have to let it motivate you and make sure that when those opportunities are there again, you know you don't get snake bitten by the by the same uh, mistake. So um, I've recognized that man, and uh, you know we're on to the next week, next opportunity. You know with that knowledge in my back pocket, and you know help us execute once those opportunities come back around. And like a true professional, he took all the blame. A lot of it probably wasn't his fault after the game. But what is what does Josh Dobbs look like? What does he sounded like at practice this week? Man, uh, leader, uh, Josh Dobbs, man, he's a different kind of guy, you know. Uh, obviously, he's in the astronaut world. I'm not too big on it, and I don't know too much about it, so I'm not going to dig it. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> but, in the same boat you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, man, uh, that's the expectation when you, you play that role. You know, um, expect to win. Uh, the the game's in your hands. Uh, everybody's looking at you. Uh, you calling in the play. Uh, you feeling the play out, man. So, uh, of course, when things don't go your way, you're going to put that on your shoulders. But obviously not, man. Uh, it's 11 guys on the field. I'm going to take part of that blame in it. Hollywood right. is. Rondell is. You know, and that's just the expectation of the team. So. Hey, bud. Your high school career sort of crisscrossed with Kyler Murray. Didn't it? Weren't you guys sort of in the same era of high school ball? Do you remember Kyler as a, as a, as a Texas legend when you were playing? Yeah, I do. I was a freshman. Uh, Kyler was a senior. So gotcha. Okay. I caught the tail end of okay. it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, you remember yeah. that. Because a lot of the historians in Texas high school football consider him the best to ever play high school football in the state. I yeah. mean, that's quite a statement. No, it is, man. So, and it's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Best that's quarterback call. Okay, we're just yeah. saying. Just quarterback. Okay, a little well, bit different. Uh, single game tickets on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. See, you know, Wolf puts quarterbacks, same categories like punters and kickers. <laughs> he thinks that, you know, like specialists, you know. I mean, if you didn't run down and throw yourself 100 miles an hour into another man, you, apparently you weren't playing football, Ron Wolfley. Is that what you're saying? We'll talk about playing the Seahawks. <laughs> Come back on the big red range with Keontae Ingram. Buda Baker. Somebody better get a hat on Buda Baker. Buda Baker's a bad. Buda Baker bad, man. Buda Baker's a badass dude. Watch him. That's him running and hitting everything. I was with the Patriots at the time, and Buda came in. We interviewed Buda at the Combine for our 20-minute our interview. After the end of that 20-minute interview, uh, I think I was ready to run through a brick wall for Buda Baker. And Buda Baker represents everything that we want this organization to be. And I am excited to be on a team with him. You just heard from a couple of decision makers in the NFL. That's Monty Asabor, the Cardinals' new GM. He shared a story of the draft combine once upon a time when he was with a different team. But Buda came in and the sort of impression he made as a football player and as a young man in that room. And before that... That was actual NFL Films audio. Mike Tomlin, the legendary Steelers head coach, mic'd up in his reaction as Buda Baker was dominating the game. 
<laughs> so even Mike Tomlin was raving about Buda Baker, as we say. All right, wrapping up this edition of the Big Red Rage with Keontae Ingram, Cardinals running back, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, live from Trophy in Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. So we don't want to bury the lead on defense because Buda is the heartbeat of the D in so many different ways. What did he look like in practice this week, Keontae? Oh, man, uh, speaking of Buda, man, he kind of hit Corey Clement today, man. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, that went. That's good. That's yeah, good. man, but uh, Buddha's looking like Buddha, man. Uh, he was jumping. He was running. He was yelling in the locker room, you know, so, but it's it's good to have him back. It's good to have him back. <laughs> what do you think is Buddha Baker's best attribute? Because there's a lot of them. There, there are a lot of things you could point to and say, Buddha does this so well. But if you had to pick one, what would that be, Keate? I would say his mindset, man, like, Fearless, like that little guy. <laughs> like I never seen somebody so fearless, man. I'm with you. Just play with his heart, man. Um, just fearless, man. Like, I mean, that's all I can say. At, at Seattle, two years ago, three years ago, he knocked out two running backs. Yes, two Seattle running backs from hits from Buda Baker, that <clears throat> quote little guy, right? Yeah, yeah. never came back into the game. And, and look, he's from the Seattle area. He went to UW when he was in Washington. He was training with Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas in the Legion of Boom. Man. So this he he circles this game every single year on his calendar. He's going back home. He's taking a you know he's going there and and we all know about the environment. In fact, here's Josh Dobbs just talking about Seattle and going to play in front of the Twelves. We're going into a hostile environment. It's my first time going up there. So taking a, a new stadium, but I've heard stories about the 12th man and know and I've seen their impact on that they can have on a game from afar. So and they were playing a really good team on top of that. So it's going to take everything out of me to prepare to play really well on Sunday, um, hold the guys accountable, man, and go out and let it rip. So you made your NFL debut week six at Seattle last year. What would you tell a rookie like Amari DiMercato about the environment and just what you're going into? Um, just be you. Uh, it's football at the end of the day. Uh, it's always going to be people in the stands, man, and the expectations going to always be there, you know. So uh, just go in there and be you, man, and just play your game. You know, Buda Baker is one of those guys, too. I have to say this because you know this, Keontae, from playing in the league and playing organized football, of course, at a very high level in college. But there are certain guys that walk out onto the field that as soon as they step in between those white lines, they make other people around them better. They do. He, Buda Baker is one of those guys. Because if you watch, I know, it's it, seriously, it's the truth. If you watch Buda Baker play with the abandon that he plays the game, the physicality in which he plays the game, if you're not doing it, what's your problem? He immediately... Just by watching him play, he immediately challenges every guy on that sideline, whether it's offense, whether it's defense, or your special teams, whatever it may be. He challenges you as a man. What are you doing? If you're not playing like Buddha's playing, why? Why aren't you? Yeah. That's, and that's why he makes everyone else around him better. And there are rare guys that do that, Paul. Buddha's one of them. 
All right, let's talk about that Seattle defense you're going against real quick. They are top five this year in most run defense categories. A year ago, they were abysmal for the most part. So where's the improvement, and what do you think the challenge is this week? Uh, the challenge is this week, uh, of course, going to be in the run game, man. Balanced offense. Uh, you got Seattle defense. Of course, you got Bobby over there now. Uh, you got Brooks. You got Quandre back there. Uh, you got some good, healthy fellas on the D-line, you know. But um, the expectation is going over, over there and uh, just dominate, man. Uh, just be us. Uh, statistically, um, our numbers speak for themselves, too. You know, uh, of course, we just not going to say anybody just going to run over us, you know. So just go over there, just play our game, man. Uh, communicate and just execute. You know, when you watch him on tape as well, Bobby Wagner, of course, and Jordan Brooks, that to me I think is the strength of that defense right there. I, those two guys, they're inside linebackers. What they do is they shut down the run. They do an excellent job of shutting down the run, and then they get after a quarterback. They're number eight in sacks per attempt this year, Paulie. They're, they're elite when it comes to shutting down the run. And a lot of that has to do with Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, those two guys. And they will bring them on blitzes as well. They will rush the passer. Bobby Wagner is, is tied with Jordan Brooks for the number two spot. Tied for number two in terms of sacks on the team. Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, they bring those inside guys. Speaking of sacks, once upon a time, Calais Campbell had a three-sack first half in Seattle, and I bring that up because the longtime host of this very show, the Big Red Rage, just achieved his 100th career sack. Yes. 41 guys in NFL history have done that. Calais, and he donated over $100,000 as part of that to teachers in all the cities in which he has played football. So, I mean, think the about only that thing, one. The only thing bigger than Calais Campbell is his heart. Yes. Period. No doubt about it. Keontae Ingram, we really enjoyed it. Best of luck in Seattle. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Keontae. You. Appreciate you, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. I love the fact, too, that the 12s and the environment, it doesn't phase you for a minute. I mean, you've been playing in the Cowboys Stadium since you were, like, 15 years old. So you're like, whatever. He grew up in Carthage, Paul. Exactly. Forget the 12s. Special thanks, as always, to Jim Alejandro, Cody Fincher. Jackson Zuber, Wald Ellis, Lawrence Ellis. We are live from Trophy and Chandler every Thursday night, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson for on Wolfgang Paul Calvisi. Thanks again to Keontae Ingram on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. You've been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, right on the price, right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. The Rage is brought to you by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.